Welcome back to the Star Tribune's Talk and Preps podcast. I'm your host, David LeBake, and we have a second consecutive week where we're going to be talking hockey, and it's going to have a local connection, but it's also broadening our scope of, of hockey and, and the lives it touches and, and those sorts of things. And so I'm very pleased to be joined today by Brian Shaughnessy. He is the author of a new book called Frozen in Time, A History of the United States Men's College Ice Hockey Championship. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Hello, David. Thanks very much for your time. Yeah, and again, congratulations on the book. Uh, 200 photographs, uh, a lot of past college hockey greats, in-depth recaps of every national tournament played up to this uh, date, which I guess was earlier 2022, uh, and just a, 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 a tremendous lift to get this done, and, and so I commend you for the work. Oh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate uh, the time here, and um, I think it's a very worthy endeavor. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think it'll mean a lot to the to the Minnesota audience, the listening listening audience, because yes, the Gophers won five national championships, and and those are all reflected in the book. But I really caught my eye in the in the very. You were nice enough to send me a, a digital copy of the book, and I was looking in with great interest at your list of folks that you were thanking by name uh, for their input to this project, and it's it's kind of a, a bit of a who's who of, of Minnesota. Hockey, as far as names that people would remember from from the uh, high school days and, and and maybe and even beyond. So there was Brian Bonin, uh, who won a Hobie Baker Award, course for the Gophers. There was Johnny Pohl, Marty Surtish. He made his uh, success at Colorado College. Tim Sheehy, that and I apologize. Was he Boston U or Boston College? Um, he was Boston College, uh, class okay. of, I believe, 60, uh, 68, or he took him to the Frozen Four of 68. I think he graduated maybe in 70. Yeah, that's about right, because he was on the, seven, the 66 International Falls uh, High School Championship team. So, so all those folks are mentioned by name, so clearly you'd spent time talking to them and picking their brains. Tell us a little bit about what the book is and, and also what it's not, because I, I, I'd asked you, is this a book that has a lot of narratives and stories? It's not quite that, but it still offers a great deal. So tell us a little bit about what people who pick up the book can find in, in, in uh, Frozen in Time. Sure. Well, the book is a really a historical narrative of the history of the NCAA tournament. And for intellectual property reasons, um, I don't actually use uh, terms owned by the NCAA, like Frozen 4 or even NCAA. So I applied generic terms like semifinals and U.S. Collegiate and Division One. Uh, but it's a historical narrative of the history of the tournament going all the way back to the spring of 1947 when uh, Michigan's head coach Vic Haliger organized um, the first national tournament for the following year in March of 1948. And they ended up, um, uh, they were struggling to find a venue. They ended up um, uh, at the uh, Broadmoor Ice Palace in Colorado Springs where the first 10 tournaments were played. And the book goes all the way from the first tournament in 48, all right up to this past spring uh, in Boston in 2022, when Denver won their record-tying ninth championship. And so the book has over 200 photographs, that most of which were donated by schools that have won Division One titles, um, as well as um, statistics, significant accolades that key players won, um, uh, important academic achievements that the players had if they were an academic All-American or academic All-Conference, 
um, as well as any noteworthy accomplishments in their post-hockey careers uh, as well. Yeah, you did a nice job of interviewing, I guess we'll call them, I mean, they're real people, but we'll call them the characters, for lack of a better term. You did a nice job of putting them in context and showing them. And this is now where we're going to be embarking in 2023. Is that going to be the 75th men's NCAA championship for ice hockey? It will be the 75th uh, tournament. Of course, the, the 2020, there was no tournament because of the coronavirus um, so we really, right now we're on 75 years, but uh, 74 tournaments have been completed thus far. Was that part of the genesis of why to do this now? 75 is a nice, sexy number, nice anniversary number. Was that what drew you to wanting to do this? Uh, not at first. I was actually inspired to write the book um, with the passing of Travis Roy in October of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Travis, of course, was... Um, a freshman hockey player for Boston University back in the fall of 1995, and he became uh, paralyzed uh, from the neck down on his first collegiate shift, 11 seconds into his first shift. Mm. And BU was the defending national champions, and Travis went on to raise millions of dollars for um, research for individuals living with paralysis. And um, he was uh, an author of a book. He was a noted motivational speaker. And I wanted to do something to raise money for the Travis Roy Foundation, which is a a 501c3 nonprofit. And when I contacted them, they actually had told me that in accordance with Travis's wishes, the foundation was going to be seizing operations uh, within a year or two after his passing. So they referred me to the Matt Brown Foundation, which is another nonprofit um, that provides equipment and other assistance for individuals living with serious spinal cord injuries. And Matt was a high school hockey player who became injured in 2010 when he was checked into the boards. And Matt uh, was paralyzed from the shoulders down. And um, so I knew the book would take me one or two years to write. And so I would be into at least 2022 or 2023. And that would correspond with the 75-year anniversary of the first tournament. So um, that's just kind of how the timing worked out for the book. I should point out to you, you mentioned the name Matt. We're talking about the Matt Brown Foundation. Uh, and because of your connection and what you're doing, you're not making a dime off of this book. And you said because of that, you felt like you got a lot of uh, co- cooperation, a lot of help from these colleges that, uh, particularly in the, on the photograph side. Yes. And uh, not just the, the colleges and universities, but uh, Sports Illustrated and Getty Images also provided. Um, a number of photographs of past frozen forests free of charge, uh, which they indicated probably wouldn't have happened if this was a, a for-profit, you know, regular commercial endeavor. And in, in fact, the front cover photo is from the classic uh, 1991 championship game at the old St. Paul Civic Center between Boston University and Northern Michigan. And it's a classic photo uh, taken by a photographer named David Clutho, who still works for Sports Illustrated. And he took a liking to this project and he ended up donating dozens of of photographs uh, to the book. And the front cover is of um, uh, Billy Pye making a save on Sean McEachern. And you can see Keith Kachuk parked on the back door looking for a rebound. And I think kind of perhaps most significantly, you can also see those unmistakable transparent boards that the old St. Paul Civic Center had. I was just going to mention those. I said, with respect to all those fine hockey players, if you're a Minnesotan, you're going to say, hey, the clear boards. So I'm glad you noted that. 
Well, That's to me, a, that was the, oh, sorry, David, but uh, to me, that was the second most iconic venue the championship has ever been held at. I think second only to the, the Broadmoor Ice Palace. Um, but uh, growing up in the 80s and 90s, whenever I had an opportunity to watch a game, it typically just be the, the Frozen Four from 89, 91, and 94. Uh, but I, I loved watching those games at the, the St. Paul Civic Center. And I think it's a kind of a shame that it was only around for about 25 years, if I'm not mistaken. But um, now it's it's the reason, I guess, we have the uh, the XL Energy Center. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that trade. <laughs> <laughs> you, speaking of the XL, the Gophers won two national champ or excuse me, the Gophers won two national championships in 2002 and in 2003. The 2002 championship was at the XL Center. And in the book, you said that, that might still go down as the most raucous crowd ever, a raucous crowd rather, to to watch a, a Frozen Four. Is that right? Well, I wasn't there, so it's maybe a, perhaps it's a bit tough for me to say that. But just based on watch, I certainly remember watching that game live like it was yesterday, and um, it was essentially a home game for Minnesota. Maine was was on a Cinderella run. Uh, they had lost their their longtime coach Sean Walsh to cancer the previous September. Um, so they were, um, you know, thinking they were a team of destiny and they almost pulled it off. But I just I just remember watching that game on television and the the crowd was just so electric. And I I don't really know if there's any other game I can compare it to in finals history. I know Wisconsin really packed Joe Lewis Arena in 1990 when they romped over uh, Colgate in the final. And that was that was like a Badgers home game. Um, and then, of course, I know it's tough to bring this one up, but Minnesota Harvard in '89 was also a an electric environment at the uh, at the St. Paul Civic Center. I know I know it didn't end the way that uh, Gopher fans wanted, but um, I, I can't really recall another final where um, it just there was that much energy in the crowd, and um, just combined with the product on the ice, it was just a, a classic final. Certainly in my top five ever played. Yeah, if I unless I cover a, a professional sport winning the professional championship on their home court, their home field, their home ice, whatever the case, I don't think I'll cover a bigger event in my lifetime than that. Two thousand and two, uh, I was a sports editor for the college paper at the University of Minnesota then, and I was just I was very very privileged to to be able to watch that. That was quite a quite a quite a moment, quite an event. The uh, you mentioned you what you you wanted you didn't want to risk your popularity by bringing up 1989 <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this out too because we're in the midst of a cold snap as we record this on wednesday afternoon where are you coming to us from tell tell all the people where where this zoom call is finding you well i've been living in honolulu hawaii for the past 16 years uh, my my regular job is for the federal government so i'm not a i'm not a journalist or a writer by trade and uh, my work moved me out here back in 2007 and um, from a in relation to college hockey, it was the week after Michigan State beat Boston College for the the 07 championship. Um, and so I've been living out here ever since. But I think just like anything else in life, when something's taken away from you, you appreciate it more. And I I just appreciate college hockey so much more when I can get back to the mainland and catch games. Um, it's I, I really do miss it. But um, I know it's it's quite a different environment. We have one rink in the entire state. And but it is quite busy with all the transplants like me out here. Okay, so you still so you still able to lace them up and get a little get a little time on the ice in? Um, when I can, yep. <laughs> when you're not writing a book. 
That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, I, I got to say, I got to point out one thing that I noticed that was incorrect and I'm not doing it to bust your chops. I'm doing it to protect you because if you should ever make it up to Roseau, that is not a small iron range town as you introduced it in the 1979 chapter when you're bringing up the great Neil Broughton. Uh, they are, they are past the iron range. They are, I call them, they're on the roof. <laughs> they're, they're just within about a slap shot of the Canadian border. And, and the iron range is, is, is south and is very much defined by uh, the mines and, and the different things there. So, so just, just to want to help you out in case you ever find yourself in northern Minnesota, I'd make sure that, that Roseau, you know, you don't want to upset them too much by referring to them as an iron range town. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure there'll be possibly other corrections that uh, historians of other programs might point out to me. It's um, I certainly don't pretend to be a, a Minnesota a hockey historian. I read several books uh, leading up to uh, leading up to research for this book, and I watched countless games and read. Uh, you know, probably spent hundreds of hours looking at old newspaper accounts uh, of the games as well. Um, but I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Uh, one one benefit I had is starting around the mid two thousands before I ever knew I'd be writing about college hockey. I began uh, accumulating old DVDs of. of uh, NCAA tournament games off the old NCAA on demand, which is mm -hmm. long gone now. And most of those games are now long out of, out of production, but that did actually help me uh, with research for this book. I had a collection of about probably about 40 or 50 games that are no longer available. Um, most of them aren't even on YouTube. Um, so that, that really helped for the book, but uh, just to, to get back to your point, I appreciate that. And uh, um, I, I thank you for the, for the correction. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're, they're pretty easygoing folks in Roseau, so you'll be all right. Just don't bring up War Road then on top of it. Then you're really going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah. as, uh, as the one thing that also caught my eye in terms of a local connection, this book was printed uh, in by the Carlson Print Group in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. How did you end up connecting with that, that uh, entity? Well, in 2020, I authored a book to commemorate the 40-year anniversary of the Hoey Baker Award. And, and um, I, that's how I got in, in contact with uh, with Carlson Print Group back then. Um, and of course, the Hobie Foundation is comprised almost entirely, to my knowledge, of of uh, Minnesota natives. And sure. um, I, for that book, I worked with a designer also in Eden Prairie named David Swanson, and he designed this book as well. And David did an, a tremendous job um, with both projects. And um, so that was my connection to... Um, Carlson Print Group uh, through this book, and um, I had only a limited number of copies printed, just because I'm not making, I'm not profiting at all from this, and and you know, book printing is it can be a bit, bit expensive, but um, so that's why there's only a limited number of copies that are are going to be um, going to be printed. Yeah, I, I'm looking at again the, the digital version. Are, is that going to be available to more more widely available to folks that, that are interested? Because you said I think the print runs about 400 books. Yeah, so for now it's just um, uh, soft cover on Amazon. I I have not yet explored a potential digital copy, uh, but I'm just kind of focusing on the um, um, the sales and distribution for the um, the soft cover. What people see is each chapter is each chapter is the, its own year of the tournament, and you've got the location of where the, the finals took place. You've got the teams that were involved. You've got matchups uh, and scores. Uh, and, and of course, you list at the top who the nationals 
champion is and, and how many times they've won it. So it's right off the bat, it's got a really great quality to it as, as, a, re, as a good resource guide. And again, every chapter, it looks like every chapter has a photo. Am I, am I mistaken in saying that? Yes, every chapter has at least one photograph going back to the first tournament in 48. And yeah, so it, it all, it's just a really nice presentation all around. Were you, were you happy with the way it turned out? Are you getting good reviews from the folks that you've showed it to this far? Um, absolutely. I, I think it, it turned out exactly the way I was hoping. Um, the book is really about just honoring the great players and coaches and teams in the history of the sport. Um, and as well as raising funds for uh, a very worthy nonprofit, in my opinion, in the Matt Brown Foundation. And so I, it's really, uh, so far it's going well. And, um, I'm, as we discussed, uh, on the phone yesterday, I, I'm, uh, not a, a writer by trade. So I feel like, um, you know, this is really something that I had to bear down on and, and, and focus on. Um, so, but I think it turned out, uh, exactly the way I was hoping. So I'm very pleased with it so far. Yeah. Having really spent more of my time going over the five gophers chapters, I, I, as someone who knows those stories pretty well. And I think that this book, you know, you, you, you were selling yourself short as to call it more of a reference book. It's got, it, it reads like a, it's got drama in it. It's got, you, you, under, you get to understand what the games mean and, and who the players were involved and, and what was the stakes. I, so I, I really like it from that standpoint. I like the fact that the photos switched to color uh, later in the book. I think that's a nice touch. Not all of them, some of them, you know, still black and white, but a lot of color photos, which I think is great, adds to it. And uh, just, yeah, it just has a lot to offer. The, um, the it, one thing that, that people ask sometimes when they see a book come out, you know, that, that is a, on a men's sport, but there's a, a women's sport along with it, like a hockey, like a basketball. Um, people say, okay, you put out that book, it looks great. Would you ever do a woman's book? And have you been asked that? And, and if so, what is your, what is your response? Well, it's a great question. I, I probably would not just because I'm, I'm not as familiar with the women's side of, of NCAA hockey, but, but I do know that uh, on that topic, um, a very distinguished author named Tim Rapoli recently uh, authored a book um, to commemorate, I believe, the, uh, the 1998 U.S. women's gold medal team in Japan. Mm. And uh, Tim is a, a, an accomplished hockey writer. He's written numerous books on college hockey before. Um, I have not read that book. I saw it online and anything by him is probably going to be really good. So um, sure. I think that um, that may not be about college hockey specifically, but I think that the topic is is in good hands if, if Tim's writing a book about it. Sure. We've been talking today with Brian Shaughnessy, author of Frozen in Time, a history of the U.S. men's college ice hockey championship. It's weird to say ice hockey. You don't, you don't have to really consider that in Minnesota. We don't have to feel like it. Uh, but <laughs> Very, very thorough book, a great read, an easy read. You can pick it up, read it, read a chapter about a tournament year and then put it down, pick it up again in a day or two. And, and it's, it's, it's just, it's got all the information right there. What is this, uh, of the, the books that are going to be available for purchase, what do they cost and where are they available? So the book is uh, $24.95 on Amazon. And right now it's only available on Amazon. Um, I am covering the cost of shipping for all customers that purchase it. Uh, so shipping is free. Um, it is coming from, it is being shipped from, uh, from Honolulu. So it might take a, an, an extra day or two to, um, to get to fans that compared to what they're, they're normally used to and perhaps with Amazon. Um, 
but um, that is that's where uh, fans can buy the book. Sounds good. And fans getting this book from Northern Climates should be encouraged to not judge Brian <laughs> for for living in, in Hawaii. <laughs> you know, don't don't hate. Uh, you know, it's just just the way it goes. And uh, we appreciate it. We thank you for your time. I congratulate you again on the book. Uh, I hope it does very well and, and raises money for a great cause. And uh, happy holidays to you. And thanks for your time. Thank you very much, David, and same to you.